but it had to be somebody who still remembers Madonna from the 80s and said, oh, let's pick Madonna. Um, I don't know if they just said because she was, um, she's from Detroit too, and they probably said, oh, well, Aretha's from Detroit, let's pick Madonna. Or if they said, well, you know, we owe a lot to Madonna because, you know, she, there's a story, I'm, I'm sure it's pretty true. I feel like I've actually seen it on, like, one of those MTV documentaries where they talked about the history of the network and how they were, like, kind of failing until, like, the first or second MTV uh, Video Music Awards, and Madonna got out there and performed, I think it was like a virgin, and she came out of a cake, and that award ceremony is what saved the network, like, you know, so I kind of understand their loyalty to an extent for Madonna, but, like, what has she done for you lately? That's what makes me think whoever, whatever exec says that it was okay for her to come out there has been around since those days and has a long memory because I really refuse to believe that any new generation person would be like, okay, girl, like, yeah, we're going to give this to you. Um, But even leading up to the awards, just in general, it wasn't really heavily promoted. Uh, Cardi didn't even perform. She did open the ceremony, but um, I did not watch. I figured I'd catch the highlights, and that's exactly what I did. Which brings me to this point. Um, again, someone picked Madonna to give tribute to Aretha Franklin. And she opens the speech by just saying Aretha's full name. And then goes on to tell a story about how great Madonna is. It, it wasn't a tribute to Aretha at all. I don't understand how anybody could watch that video and interpret it as a tribute to Aretha, but it was all I heard was I went on this audition, people kept shutting the door on me, um, and then the one tie that she made about Aretha Franklin was she performed a song by her, and that's what got her the call back. I'm sure she didn't wow them with her vocals, but... <laughs> For whatever reason, she got a call back on that one song, and she was just like, if it wasn't for Aretha, I wouldn't be here today. But I'm like, girl, what? <laughs> like, I don't, that sounds like, it just sounds like the grumpiest speech ever. Like, though, I mean, the only person who did say something worse was Trump when he said that Aretha worked for him. Like, this ain't about you. And Charlamagne the God said, he suspects that because Madonna was turning 60, maybe she was supposed to be honored. And so this is like her way of still honoring herself or making it about herself um, because maybe her birthday shout-out got cut since Aretha passed. Um, I don't know about all of that. But to add insult to injury, if you saw the way she was dressed, it didn't make it any easier to accept what the fuck she was saying. Um, she had on some, like, African garb, but it didn't look like, like, I feel like if the Black Panther characters had worn the same attire, right. it would have looked the way it was supposed to look. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't It wasn't what she was wearing. It's who was wearing it and how. Like, bitch, you ain't got enough swag to pull that off. Take that shit off. It looks terrible. <laughs> so it just added insult to injury, and 
she's just totally oblivious. I'm really um, into a show right now called Insecure. I'm not sure you've watched um, any episodes, Merch, but it's really funny. I don't have HBO. HBO. <laughs> Go ahead and ask Blue for them credentials. They'll hook you up. It's All right. really funny. <laughs> um, and recently one of the characters is an oblivious white woman who is not who's basically tone deaf to black people's needs. Like the people, the black people who are telling her, one in particular is telling her she doesn't agree with some of her um, marketing efforts or whatever. Um, and she's just like, nope, nope, because my intentions are X, Y, and Z, so it doesn't really matter how you feel. It's very, it reminds me very much of Madonna, like in real life. You can't tell me. It's just like, well, sis, like we could tell you all day, like, but the vast majority of black people you encounter can tell you, like, don't do your daughter's hair like that. Or, you know, this is why this is important to teach your daughter these things as a black woman. You know, like, these are important things to know. She would just be like, but I know better because that's my daughter and my intentions are good kind of shit. Like, she strikes me as that type of person. And to me, that, that so-called speech or tribute solidified it. You know, I, 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 will, I, I will say this about the whole uh, Madonna, Aretha Franklin thing. If, if you're talented at what you do, and I'm talking about not Madonna, but talking about the people behind the scenes, okay? If you're that talented, it's really not that hard to put something like that together on the drop of a hat, okay? So you figure, uh, and when Michael Jackson died, it wasn't like Michael Jackson was sick and was dying and then you know, people had all the time in the world to make a tribute. I just came home from work, and I was like, holy shit, Michael Jackson's dead? And then VH1 Classic had the absolute best Michael Jackson tribute. They ran it all weekend, and they made it on the drop of a hat, because they were like, Michael's dead? Bam, let's put this together. And it was fantastic. And BET dropped the ball. Like, BET's Michael Jackson tribute was shit. And you figure BET would be the kings of that, because it's BET. I'm just giving them the the you know thing because they're because they're black. If if the people behind the scenes at MTV were smart, and that's a huge if because for decades MTV has had the shittiest program directors, the shittiest management. Like how are they? That's probably why they do uh, reality TV now, as opposed to doing video still, like like they normally do. They keep the award shows and all that, but I mean they just have shit management and they've always had it and the fact they're around is is amazing and this is an easy way Madonna should have came up on stage of course hindsight is always 2020 and says yes you know uh, I uh, I helped and she could she could say it because it's true she could come and say I helped build MTV you know but you know and you know they were gonna honor me today at the music awards but you know we found out Aretha Franklin passed away, and then they shook it to Aretha. And then take it from there. And she would have been perfectly fine, you know, because people, I, mean, I, think people can't, people, I think people think too hard about what should and shouldn't be said um, no. or who should or shouldn't sing. I think right. tributes in and of themselves are overthought. And your point to VH1 running a tribute all weekend is perfectly fine with me. I'm, I'm fine seeing a montage of clips yeah. and interviews and yeah. like seeing Aretha in her own words talk about who she is and why she is the way she is and being shady and all the things that we liked about Aretha, her mm-hmm. voice, 
the the um the inauguration. What the fuck? Like <laughs> like I would have been perfectly fine seeing all of those clips put together and probably that would have brought tears to my eyes rather than having me roll them. <laughs> and, and, and you have talented program I don't know if they're called program directors, but they put that stuff together in a flash. You know? And because they're really talented at what they do, I couldn't do that. <laughs> so I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna play like it's easy because it's not easy. But if you figure MTV would have talented people that could do that, and then when you get thrown a curveball, you're just like, oh, Aretha Franklin died, but then we have Madonna up here, so let's switch it up a bit, you know. Instead, they were just like, you know, they just say, ah, you know, Madonna just tell a a bullshit story about Aretha Franklin song, and that's gonna count as a tribute. And. Uh, I don't know. First of all, the fact that Madonna is 60 makes me feel horribly ancient because, you know, Madonna was huge when I was, when I was a teenager, and now she's 60. Okay. I, I was watching my whole, uh, my whole series on, um, God, what was it? Would they do the, uh, the sample thing, that, that link I sent you? Mm-hmm, would, they, mm-hmm. would, they go, would they go over the samples? And then this morning when I was doing my, putting my stuff together, uh, they had one for Arabian and Rakim, and then they were like, yeah, they're, uh, it was the 30th anniversary of that album. It dropped in 87, so now the album is 31 years old. Yeah, and I'm just like, I, I heard about Rakim's uh, picks, though, like of, of his favorite hip-hop joints. I was kind of impressed by that. I heard his picks. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's not it, – easy to do if you have talented people and obviously MTV doesn't have talented people. Well, they, they, they could have pulled out that curve. We're all run by Viacom now, so whether you're MTV, VH1, or VET, they're all part of the same terrible-ass shit. So, yeah. uh, anyhow, all right, I'm not giving any more energy to Madonna. She's tone deaf. This is the year of Wakanda and MTV still won't see <laughs> Whatever. Well, uh, moving on to positive things, um, as you know, in addition to me being a hardcore um, part of our podcast here, I'm also a hardcore Beyonce fan. Um, yes, I saw her at Coachella earlier this year, um, but I also wanted to see her for my birthday, which is the reason I was out of town in the first place. Um the On the Run 2 tour is still happening stateside. Um, I forgot their next day. I think they're going to be in Atlanta t- today. And I think they actually have two shows in Atlanta. So I'm sure the whole city is going to come out. I do like seeing her in cities like that just because you get a little more bang for your buck. You know, right. Future may come out or something like that because it's his city. They do have songs with Future. The Carters actually have songs um, with Future. So I could very well see, like, him coming out as part of the show. We'll see. Um, But this time it was Nashville's turn. And earlier this week, uh, they actually had gone to Columbia, South Carolina, which between Columbia and D.C., those are probably the closest to North Carolina that you can see see the Carters. Uh, But earlier this week, they got the key to the city. The mayor presented them with the key to the city and declared August 21st 
Jay-Z and Beyonce day, and I'm like, that's fucking genius. If you could just basically get in a position of power, you can go ahead and pull that kind of move and then say, I can meet Jay-Z and Beyonce, because I'm sure the mayor really just wanted to meet Jay-Z and Beyonce. I mean, right. why the fuck not? Like, why not? That's some shit I would do if I was in a position of power, too. So maybe I just don't need to be trusted with that kind of responsibility because, you know. <laughs> so they got the heat of the city, but what's funny about that that particular performance as well is Columbia had also made sure that they shut down schools early to um, combat potential traffic issues. So they didn't want kids running into traffic with people going to the show. Right. I don't know how big the stadium is, but it sounded to me like the teachers wanted to pregame and get ready for the show. And they was like, uh, let's go ahead and close school early. <laughs> but it's hard to find it should be a national holiday whenever J&B come to your town. Like, why not? Or I guess a local holiday, not a national one, but you know what I mean. Right. Um, but I really enjoyed the show. It was all about, I mean, it was black as fuck. Like, I, I honestly was not expecting, and Merz, you haven't listened to the project, but um, I'm sure you haven't. I'm not making a presumption. I'm pretty sure when I say that. Am I right? You are correct. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's one particular song on there called Black Effect um, that I really, really like. It sounds like what it is. It's really good in black. And they're basically saying, like, yeah, we're rich, but no matter where we go, we're good on any MLK Boulevard, which, of course, is, you know, the hood, it's usually an implication there that you would right. whatever one okay you're at. Like, yeah, so huh, I was very, I felt very empowered when I heard that song live. Um, the effects were amazing. They had a stage, somebody tried to describe it to me, and I didn't understand it at all, but when, when I looked at it, I was like, oh shit, like this makes perfect sense now. Um, I was in the standing room only area, so it was a pit, the VIP experience, a nice birthday treat. Um, but the way the stage is set up is it has a track. So, like, in the middle, think of, like, a moat. I was standing okay. in the wall area of the moat. And then around us was, like, where the bridge would be, or I guess the moat would be. And But that's where the track moved up and down. So it moved to, like, the end of the water, and it moved to back towards the stage. And it lifted, and it lifted up over us, over our heads, so that... Beyonce and Jay were performing standing over us and it was moving as they were dancing and then it moved back and it did it a couple of times. Um, so just like every and then every time they had like, they had fires, uh, fire coming out, they had fireworks. Um, every time the fire flames came out, I was close enough that I was actually hot. I could feel the flame. Wow. Damn. Like this is a fucking experience. Like, People always say, like, you know, is Beyonce the, is she a better performer than Michael Jackson? While I love Beyonce, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. Even I've never seen Michael Jackson live, but I acknowledge, like, how great a performer he was. Right. Um, But I do know for a fact Beyonce is the greatest living entertainer. Yeah, and, and, and the whole Michael Jackson thing, you know, you're going to get some people who are just going to come out and be like, no one could ever be greater than Michael Jackson. But you know what? 
when you set a when you set a bar, people are trying to go. They're not trying to go under the bar. They're trying to go over the bar. So the somebody can make, the fact that she's even mentioned in that conversation, right, is crazy to me. Like, yeah, yeah the fact that she that she's even relevant to the conversation to me says enough. That would be the bar for me if I was, you know, if I was Beyonce. But I'm not Beyonce. You know, who knows? Maybe she is trying to undisputedly be that. Um, but, and, 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 and you know what? That's a that's a good thing to shoot for because I mean, if people are paying that much money to see you, they, you want to make sure that they're entertained. You want to make sure they go home. I mean, on a totally different thing. Even like pro wrestlers, right? Pro wrestlers, the good ones to me. If you watch their match, you don't care who wins. You just care that you saw a great match. You know. And the same thing to me, like, I, like while I'm not a fan of Beyonce, I would, I would wager that if I went to one of Beyonce's shows, that I would be very entertained. You would because, be, and, and I, to be completely honest with you, mm-hmm. like, I've sat, you know, in the higher seats, and I've sat, obviously, now very up close. The experience doesn't change where you're sitting. And that's what I can really appreciate about her shows. It's not like you're going to be like, yeah, well, I would have probably enjoyed it more if I was closer you know, oh, some artists okay. felt that way about, but no, her show, no matter where you are sitting, you are going to get the same energy, the same experience as if you are right there. Okay. Okay. Well, shout out to Beyonce. Shout out to Virgo because Mike, Michael Jackson, Virgo, Beyonce, Virgo, Kobe, Virgo, yours truly, Virgo. <laughs> His Virgo season, Virgo gang is out here. Happy birthday to us. Beyonce is September fourth. Let's go. It's our <laughs> shit. And I'm I'm loving every minute of it. So shout out to them. I'll definitely um I think the next experience, next time she goes uh on the run or on tour or whatever she's gonna do, uh, elevate that experience, maybe go international. Probably won't splurge as much on the tickets, but definitely go international just to catch a different vibe, a different experience. Right. Yeah. Right. So that's yeah. That's all I got. I I I will say one thing. I, I was you know you talk about the MTV Movie Awards. I was looking at all the people that won, and most of the people out. You know, I mean you know it was it was basically just Black Panther Day, because <laughs> you figure uh, Black Panther won for best movie. Uh, Chadwick Boseman won for best performance in the movie. You know. Tiffany Haddish. Okay, that's the movie awards. That's the movie awards. Got you. This one was the music awards. Oh, the music awards. Oh, okay. Yeah, the music awards that came up. Oh, I, I'm not even going to bother looking that up because I'm pretty sure whoever they have on this is going to suck. <laughs> what year, what month the movie awards came out? But that was earlier this summer. Okay. The music okay. awards was lackluster. I mean, there was nothing. But that's what that's what makes MTV so damn tone deaf. Like. So you acknowledge all the contributions of black people, and then, like, when we die and need to actually be celebrated, we can do it. And also, one of the other controversies about this particular um, this particular award is, uh, this or this year's award ceremonies, is the fact that J-Lo won the Video Vanguard Award. So speaking of Michael Jackson, this is one of his yeah. awards, basically um, – you know, again, it's called the Video Vanguard Award. So if you have made 
um, contributions to music videos or dance in particular because, I mean, Michael Jackson videos were an event when the bitches came on TV. Like, I still remember watching Remember the Time on Fox, like, in Queens, um, and seeing, like, uh, Magic Johnson, Eddie Murphy, like, that shit was dope. I love that video. Um, But anyway, so, like, people that are, you know, contribute a lot to music videos. So J-Lo won. No shade to J-Lo. J-Lo is a fantastic performer. If she did, after this performance that she did at at the award ceremony, Mm -hmm. I honestly um, decided, like, hell yeah, I will pay to see uh, J-Lo. Like, I would love to see J-Lo in Vegas maybe. If she did, like, a, I don't know if she, I feel like she had one once upon a time. But if she did that again, I would definitely make a trip and go back and see J-Lo. Like, I would love to see her dance around and do all the shit that she does and perform all the bops from the late 90s. Right. Great. But a lot of people have petitioned online for Missy Elliott to get the award. Now, when I think about dancing, I think about, especially when it comes to music videos and and visual effects and, like, crazy-ass concepts. Yes. Um, Missy deserves that shit. J-Lo acknowledged that Missy deserved that shit. Missy, with her humble ass, comes up and is like, oh, like, thank you, you know, for, thank you to my fans for, you know, shouting me out or whatever. I'd appreciate yeah. the award, but I'm not going to trip if I don't, basically. So, like, basically she called her fans off, like, y'all calm the fuck down. Um, <laughs> but why not, though? She really deserves it. Like, she does. And yeah. so, Again, for MTV, it's tone deaf. They're going to give it to whoever the fuck they want. And even though Missy out here, like, aging backwards and looking fantastic and still putting out some great music. I mean, with, with Missy, I was never a fan, but but I loved her videos, you know. Her videos because too. Yeah, because it wasn't just the, the normal, you know, I got money or, look, I got chicks in my video. It's almost as if some of these rappers are trying to be like, look, I'm not gay. Look, this woman shaking her ass in my video. How could I possibly be gay? <laughs> you know, like after a while, I mean, you figure, I mean, for me, like now porn is free. So I don't need to see porn in my music videos. Show me something I haven't seen before, you know. And This example, Tina Turner, I can't stay in the ring. That's not Tina Turner. That's actually Ann Peebles. I actually. What was Tina Turner? No, maybe, maybe Tina might have covered it, but that song was uh, Ann Peebles. Oh, okay, okay. Learn something new every day. I've never heard of Ann Peebles. Now I'm gonna listen for that. Well, here's the thing. I never heard of Ann Peebles until she until that until Missy sampled that song. Because I'm, I'm one of those sample hunters. You know, I used to pull all the stuff. I remember reading in the credits, though. I remember because that's when you know CDs were like life back then and you would right. open up the packet you would open up the booklet now like when i on my digital streaming i rarely click on information or details yeah. and stuff every once in a while i will but i remember opening up that booklet and seeing tina turner and then i um i don't know how i found that song i don't know if my parents had an album mm-hmm. but i found that song and i listened to it and i was like oh okay but I, but so yes, Tina Turner obviously came after this lady and people. So I'm gonna listen for it. Yeah. Cause I, cause I, I have one of those soul compilations, 
and that song is on there. And she pretty much takes that. It's it's a pretty faithful sample because you know some people they they speed up the samples or they slow them down. Right, no, right, right. it was it was a pretty faithful uh, a loop of that song, you know. And it, they did a good job with it, you know. Put it like this: You think I would know who Screaming Jay Hawkins was if DJ Premier didn't use that song in, in Biggie's Kicking the Door? No, you know. Sometimes sampling is good; it brings people back to the forefront. Because I would never know who Ann Peebles was unless until Missy sampled her. So it, it it works, but you know the problem is sampling can can get expensive. So sure, a lot sure. a lot of younger rappers are shying away from, it, and I don't blame them. I mean, I like. The samples and stuff like that, when, when they're used right, it is very artistic, but it all is also very expensive. But. Yeah, so uh, MTV, they not canceled because I still like Catfish, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I guess they cancel for music, maybe for anything that has to do with music, cancel. Oh, they they've been canceled for me as far as music goes. Nice to love MTV. You know, but I, I guess when I started finding out more about the behind the scenes stuff, you know, it was just it was just insane. You know, like there are people like how can a a, a studio TV show that's that's about music be so horribly tone deaf when it comes to not just on the award shows but just on the music that they play? Like you remember, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna go go into it in detail, but uh. The, CBS Records back, you know, before they were Columbia, they were CBS Records. That was Michael Jackson's yeah. label, and they literally had to threaten to pull all their videos from MTV because they wouldn't play Michael Jackson. And we're not talking about like when he was doing songs like like uh, like uh, Ben. We're talking about uh, just coming off off the wall, like they're trying to get through um, Billy Jean, and they wouldn't play Billy Jean. You know. That's how that's how effed up MTV is, and then Michael Jackson helped make that station what it is. So that that's MTV in a nutshell. But uh, it, it feels weird jumping from. Oh, um, did you have anything else, Odie? Before I um, no. I it feels bad. I should have let you close the show today. Because it feels bad going from such a, a fun, lighthearted topic to, to the shit that I have today. Well, <laughs> but, that's your president. Yeah. <laughs> I just bring the doom and gloom. No, but um, I, I will open with one thing that just kind of uh, came up on my feed uh, early this morning. Uh, John McCain, you know, he was, he's been fighting brain cancer. Yeah. And, and yeah, and he's uh he decided to stop the treatments. Which means there's probably nothing else they could do for him. Right, right. And I, I feel really bad for his family because I my mom passed away a few years ago with brain cancer. Oh and, man, I did I did not know. Yeah. And then when you get that news where it's like, look, yeah, well, my, yeah, with my mom she had uh she had it really bad. My mom is the type of person like my my friend's mom. You know, it was like it was like losing two moms in one year. She had cancer. It was her third time having cancer, and I think it just took all the fight out of her. Like she beat it twice. I just don't think she had the strength to beat it again. My mom just had like super cancer. Like it was just like you know what? 
you know, I'm just going to get it all out in, in, in one shot. Like, she had a mastectomy. She had, it was really bad, you know. And, um. Wait, well, you said a mastectomy? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she had, yeah, it was, it was really bad, you know. But it all started from a, a tumor in her brain. And, um, she had two brain surgeries. And the chemo wasn't working anymore. And they were just like, look. She's had two brain surgeries already. She's not going to survive a third brain surgery. No. So when you get, when it's that, at that point where someone has fought so hard and to come up short in, in the battle for their life, it's hard. So I think that that's kind of like my, my Martha moment with, with the McCain's, you know, if you, 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 you saw Batman versus Superman, right? Ugh, yes where Batman was about to kill Superman, they found out their moms have the same best, have the same first name. And they were like, Hey, we should be friends now. (laughs) You know, it was, I guess it's kind of like that with me and and the, and the McCain's because I'm not that big a fan of John McCain politically. And I think, and and I I think his daughter's fucking annoying. Jesus Christ. You know, Uh, that's the one that's on the view, right? Yes. Megan McCain, spoiled trust fund baby. Talking about how how hard things are for her. Oh, you like stop your whining. But this is the t- this is the time where you call a truce and you just say, okay, listen, you know, I may not agree with John McCain politically, but you know, he was a halfway decent senator, even though I didn't agree with him on most things. I would say yeah. not, ne- not necessarily a senator, but like just a human. Like he was, he had a heart, like. Man, it's just like every time you think it can't get worse, somebody comes along and you're like, "Ooh, bring that guy back!" Like, <laughs> I remember when when 45 was running, that clip circulated, comparing how John McCain spoke about his opponent at the time, Barack Obama. Yes. Um, when one of his um, supporters tried to bash him and how John McCain was like, no, nah, I'm not going to let you go there. Right. Um, that's not true. Like he called that, he called a lot, a lot. And he wasn't yes. afraid to say that even the people who supported him. Um, and then the current, current administration just co-signs whatever bullshit or hate you got to mouth. And, uh, yeah. bring John McCain back like, Lord, please. I mean, you people, but Jesus Christ, Lord, like, you got, you got some options. That's the guy you think. Yeah. I mean, I told you, karma will sort everything out, but, man. Yeah. It, I mean, in that clip, McCain literally took the mic from her. He was like, yeah, okay, that's enough out of you. Because yeah. <laughs> she tried to call she tried to call him a, a Muslim and, and, all, and a terrorist and all that other stuff, and he was just like, yeah, yeah okay. We're, we're going to go ahead and I'm surprised he didn't do the whole, you know, hand it in the throat thing. Like, okay, cut her mic off. <laughs> he just took it from her. <laughs> but I mean, John McCain did have some things that I did agree with, you know, and, and you, and even all that aside, you figure McCain fought in uh, Vietnam, you know, he was a prisoner of war. He could have gotten out earlier as a POW, but he wouldn't leave without the rest of his men. You know, because he was he was considered to be a, a high value target because of his father, and he could have gotten out of that POW camp earlier, and he didn't. You know, the reason why he can't raise his arms above his head is because 
um, of the injuries he suffered in that plane crash when he got shot down over Vietnam. Um, and they they didn't give him the anything close to medical attention, you know. So the way his arms set, you know, he, that's why he always looks so stiff and he can't, like, raise his arms yeah, very high. I remember, I remember, yeah, like, seeing him yeah. And then Donald Trump still won't give McCain his props because the, remember one thing, in, when they were trying to repeal Obamacare, McCain's yeah. vote was the deciding vote because you figure there were two Republican senators who had already said, this is not good for our constituents. We're not going to vote against Obamacare because we need Obamacare for our people. And John McCain was a deciding vote, and he just walked up there and just gave him that thumbs down like, no. Because <laughs> McCain, I mean, think about it like this. I don't even think it was just about uh, sticking to Donald Trump. You know, right. McCain's state is put it like this. When they had the Medicare expansion, their governor at the time, Jan Brewer, she hated Obama, couldn't stand Obama, you know. But she recognized, hey, my people are in a bad way. We really need this Medicare expansion or else hundreds of thousands of people are not going to have health care. So she begrudgingly took the Medicare expansion, you know. So I, 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 think, I, think part, I think the dramatic way he did it was to stick it to Donald Trump, but I don't think he would have voted against it because – you know, he does kind of like his people. <laughs> so, but I mean, I, I, I will give McCain, you know, the honor that a sitting U.S. senator deserves, you know, especially, especially a war hero and a long-term U.S. senator. So, you know, the fact that Donald Trump is trying to shit on him in his final days, Donald Trump will go fuck himself pretty much. I mean, you know what's going to happen when Donald Trump dies? You know, because, you know, unless somebody in prison wants to do it. So, yeah. Because I know Melania ain't coming for them uh, comical business. So, let <laughs> some other dude in there handle it. I, I can't do a good Eastern European accent, but I would just be like, you know, she'd be like, well, why don't you hire one of your Playboy bunnies? You know, I think the only reason why they're not divorced right now is because he's president. And, and now, it, it could probably happen now because now her parents are U.S. citizens now. So she got what she wanted. Absolutely, and that's exactly the first thing I said. I when as soon as they got that citizenship, I was like, oh yeah, like <laughs> I was like, she is definitely gonna put that divorce in ASAP. No. And and you mentioned karma. You know, there was a little bit of karma that happened to. You ever hear of a dude named Paris Denard? No, it doesn't ring a bell. He's this weasley-looking black dude. He, he works for CNN. He's a Trump apologist, you know. And you know from me, black Republicans are just automatically, like, just automatically hated. Like, I don't care if you pull the baby out of a burning car. I still hate you. Because black Republicans, it's not, like I said before, it's not a matter of, oh, you like, you're black and you like NASCAR, or, hey, you're black and you like mayonnaise. Because that's not hurting anybody. When you're trying to get black people to vote Republican. Oh, hold on, hold on. What about yeah. uh, the guy in the airport one of my friends saw um, in Tennessee with Confederate boots on them? Like, he had Confederate flags on his boots. Talk about, talk about Paris Denard? <laughs> no, did she, it was just some other random guy. Oh, with Confederate flag boots on in the airport? He's looking. Yeah, 
Well, it is it is history. <laughs> Which is going to be an excuse right before he gets punched in the face. I mean, I forgot who it was. One of my friends, I don't know if it was one of my friends, maybe somebody on Twitter, who said that their parents never let them watch Dukes of Hazard because of the Confederate flag on the car. You know, And my parents are not from the South. They're from the West Indies. So that whole Confederate flag thing kind of went over their heads. It went over mine, too. I mean, I was a little kid when the Dukes of Hazzard came out, you know. But I think if they grew up in the States, they would never let me watch Dukes of Hazzard because the whole Confederate flag thing. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. you know, that's basically our, it, it, it's our swastika, pretty much, you know. Basically. But Paris Denard was on CNN, and he had a, uh, you know, he was part of a panel, and the other guy on the other side of the panel was a dude named uh, Phil Mudd. And Phil Mudd was a former CIA counterterrorist analyst. Right. So earlier in the week, Trump had taken away security clearance from um, John Brennan because John Brennan was basically very vocal of, in his disagreements with Donald Trump. Right. So, what's it, so Donald Trump, in retaliation, took away his security clearance. Right now, keep in mind, John Brennan is a former CIA agent, but usually they get to keep their security clearance. Right. And he basically called out, talking about Paris Denard, basically called out Phil Mudd, saying that it was perfectly okay for Donald Trump to take away his security clearance because a lot of these people monetize their security clearances when they work for private companies. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing. On a whole, that is actually true. They do that. You know, if you have security clearance, it gives you more clout when you leave the government and work for the private sector, but you still have your security clearance. It does give you a lot of clout. You know, that's definitely true. But that's almost like, to me, in a way, you earn that security clearance. So it's kind of like somebody saying, oh, you know, that would be like if I ragged on Donald Trump and Donald Trump took away my college degree. And now I can't get a good job anymore. You know, so it's kind of like that to me anyway. And Phil Mudd lost it. <laughs> he went crazy on this guy. But now you figure two days after that whole exchange, and then Donald Trump praised, um, he really praised Paris Denard after that, you know, called him wonderful, you know, because that, that, that's his pet Negro, you know. He gave him a biscuit. It's like a little dog biscuit. Like, here you go, Paris. Good boy. Arf. Right? Two days later, Paris Denard is suspended from CNN because they found out when he used to work for University of Arizona, uh, he got fired for sexual misconduct. Now, here's the thing about that, right? Those records, I guess after he was fired, those records were supposed to be sealed. So how did sealed records... uh, all of a sudden become unsealed and then given to the news. Hmm, I wonder. I wonder if it's just because you pissed off a spy, you fucking idiot. How in the hell are you going to piss off the CIA and then be like, well, nothing's going to happen to me because I work for Donald Trump. You fucking moron. They're lucky they didn't find him dead in his car like, the, like, like, like they do with those uh, Russian journalists. Yeah. You know? So... How, how in the hell do you think that you're going to piss off the CIA and get away scot-free? 
It's the CIA. It's what they do. Their job is to expose people. You know? So here's the thing. For uh hold on. Where is Oh, here we go. Uh ASU's 13-page investigative report describes a series of inappropriate incidents often initiated by Denard with the two women with, uh, yeah, in 2013 and 2014. The second woman said Denard would sometimes throw things at her and that she caught Denard looking at her breast. And when she tried to adjust her blouse, he said, don't worry, I've already seen it. And Denard acknowledged making that comment. Denard also admitted to touching the first woman's neck with his tongue. I love how they how they make these things so benign. He looked her. He walked up behind her and looked her in the neck and then uh, whispered in her ear that he wanted to fuck her. And and they actually that was part of the statement that he actually used the F word like he like he came behind her and whispered in the ear, I wanna fuck you. After licking her neck. You creepy motherfucker. And this is the same person who defended Donald Trump by saying Oh, your past sexual transgressions shouldn't interfere with your job now. And what happened to him? His past sexual transgressions is interfering with his job. Keep in mind that Denard is not fired as of yet. They suspended him while they investigate. But ASU has already confirmed, yeah, all that stuff happened. And that's why he was fired from ASU. So you figure with somebody like Paris Denard, I'm not even going to put the whole black Republican thing on it. All these creepy bastards stick together, and they always defend each other. You know, when they start saying dumb shit like, well, I mean, how do you really define rape, I guess? <laughs> you know, or something similar is because you know, you know, how could Paris Denard get on Trump for his past sexual transgressions when he has, when he got fired from his last job for being a creepy bastard? And then he goes to pisses off a CIA spy, and all of a sudden, all that dark stuff is put out in the light. I bet you those analysts were already typing up, uh, looking up, looking into him while he was on TV with Phil Mudd. I guarantee you that. But if it happened now, here's the thing. Here's where it becomes dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. And well, and I don't know. I mean, put it like this: even if it was somebody like. I'm making up a really wild example. Even if it's somebody like Rachel Maddow, right? And you find out, you know, Rachel Maddow is a lesbian. You find out Rachel she's Rachel Maddow? Yeah. Why would you use that example? I'm just saying, like I said, it's a really wild example, right? That if, if Rachel Maddow had a CIA analyst on her show and he pissed her off and she pissed him off somehow, and then they just dig in and they find some crap from her past that was supposed to be sealed, Right. I'd probably be upset at that, you know. But at the same time, if she did it, she did it. And the thing is, uh, what makes the Denard thing extra creepy is that those records were supposed to be sealed. Now, I don't understand, and it was part of their agreement, you know, when he was fired, that they would seal those records. You know. It's one of those things where it's like turnabout is fair play, like the whole WikiLeaks thing. Like people liked WikiLeaks when they were taking down the guys that they were against, and when it takes down your guys, then you hate WikiLeaks. You know, I never liked the whole concept of WikiLeaks at all. I'm I am pro whistleblower, but I'm anti WikiLeaks. 
So if you work in a in a company, if you work like for the EPA, my shit, I love WikiLeaks. Oh, I can't stand WikiLeaks. Boy, that's the shit I found out about fools up on that low. Shit, what? How else you gonna whistleblow if you don't put it on something like WikiLeaks? Right. You give it to investigators, and and that and that may be part of the problem because if nobody's investigating it, you know. And there was a time where WikiLeaks did great work. So I'm not gonna, you know, say that WikiLeaks was never good. They used to be really good, you know. But the whole Julian Assange thing, you know, it just kind of went downhill for me. Because you figure uh, Bradley Manning, or well, Chelsea Manning, I apologize, you know, ended up in prison. And, uh, you know, Julian Assange was on the, cover, on, on the cover of Time magazine looking like Julius Caesar. And I was just like, that sucks, you know, because Chelsea Manning was just doing the right thing. You know, she was that army analyst, and she saw all those atrocious things that their army was covering up, and she brought it to light, you know. But it, I, I just thought the whole Paris Denard thing was funny, not just because I hate him, but because, you know, you can't, you can't piss off the CIA and they start to walk away unscathed. That's just not going to happen. What he should have did was got immunity like Trump's boys. Did you see... Um, Two more Trump uh, Trump people uh, file for immunity. So you figure uh, Alan Weisselberg, who was Trump's longtime accountant, we're talking about when I say long time, we're talking about going back to the seventies. So you figure, and then um, David Pecker, yes, it's an unfortunate last name. <laughs> and MSNBC had no chill. MSNBC had a caption. I swear to God, this is true. Uh, at a caption called Trump worried about Pecker leaking. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I'm like, that sounds like a serious medical problem. Get, get your ass some penicillin. <laughs> I saw that too. I thought I didn't, I didn't click on it. I thought it was something about like him, um, you know, posting a, t- a pic to a female showing his wee wee. I never even knew it was like somebody's name. That's crazy shit. Like, I call yeah. that clickbait to the extreme. I thought it was one of those but, initials. I just thought it was, like, truncated. So you know how, like, sometimes you could be reading something and it'll cut a little bit of it off? And yeah. when you keep reading the rest of it, it might say, like, Peckerwood Place. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's right. there's a way to it, not, but it's just cut off in a weird place. I thought it was going to be one of those. Yeah, but, no. I mean, he just has an unfortunate last name. And and I'd have to agree with some of my friends. I think I think they did that on purpose. The guy. Hmm? Like the wiener guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anthony Wiener. Oh he my lives God. up to his name, though, oh, nasty fucker. He does. He does. Because he's, he's all about, she's all about the show. <laughs> I can just imagine his line. Hey, my name is Anthony Wiener. Want to know why? Mm-hmm. But, uh, of course, we know from, uh, from earlier in the week, Paul Banafort got found guilty, okay? He was convicted on five counts of, uh, no, was it five counts? Yeah, five counts of tax fraud, two counts of bank fraud, and one count of failure to disclose a foreign bank account. So the jury was, in, was unable to reach a verdict on the remaining 10 counts, and the judge declared a mistrial on those charges. Now, here's the thing about that. Uh, I mean, if you ever, ever watch a detective show, when a mistrial is called, Basically, it just means they couldn't come to an agreement, but if they find new evidence, they could try them on those 10 counts again. And it turned out 
there was just one lone Trump supporter who wouldn't close a deal on those 10 counts. So it was basically on those 10 counts, it was 11 to 1. But that one Trump fan did convict on the other eight counts. So even with those eight counts, Paul Manafort is probably going to see at least, you know, it's all speculation because, you know, it all depends on, on how the sentencing actually goes. But with those eight counts alone, if he faces the maximum, on, if he gets the maximum on every count, he, he'll, he'll be facing about 30 years in prison. If he gets the maximum on all counts, which is highly unlikely. But he could still, he's still facing up to 30 years in prison. And here's a clincher, also from the New York Times. Mr. Manafort faces a second criminal trial next month in Washington on seven other charges brought by the special counsel, including obstruction of justice, failure to register as a foreign agent, and conspiracy to launder money. Now, here's where Trump is caught between a rock and a hard place. Um, Trump is trying to play innocent in all this, right? So if Trump pardons Paul Manafort, uh, <laughs> I mean, I know Manafort was his guy, but if he pardons Paul Manafort, it just makes him look, I mean, we already know he's guilty. Come on. I mean, uh, he's, okay, okay. He's allegedly guilty. <laughs> People love that word. But, I mean, all the evidence is pretty much pointing that Trump knew more about these things than he's letting on. So he's not just like that hapless guy like, huh? How did I know? I didn't know this was going on. Yeah, he knew what was going on. You know, like with Michael Cohen, the same day that Manafort uh, was found guilty, Michael Cohen pleaded guilty to two counts of Felony campaign finance violations. So this is from CNN. Cohen did not, oh, sorry, Cohen did indeed plead guilty to two campaign finance violations, making an excessive campaign contribution and causing an unlawful corporate contribution. Stemming from payments Cohen made to keep two women's allegations of an affair with Trump out of the public eye during the 2016 campaign. Cohen was subsequently reimbursed by the Trump organization as part of a retainer agreement which prosecutors said did not exist and was not in connection with any legal fees. Okay. Because one of the things that we were talking about before was Cohen paid, supposedly paid his money out of his own pocket. Was he reimbursed? Yeah. I watched a clip the other day um, that was very informative and it broke this shit all the way down just as you just did. And it was, I can't remember the source, but it's the people that do all the fact-checking. And and I might have actually saw it on your timeline, but it basically said they give him four Pinocchios. They give Trump four Pinocchios. Politifact. I think Politifact used it. I think they they used the Pinocchios. And, yes, and he was saying, like, the guy who was, like, talking about it was saying – they're always hesitant to use the word lie because you basically have to prove intent and, like, get inside someone's head to, like, mm-hmm. prove whether or not they were being um, intentional or if they were just trying to spin it or whatever, like, right. you know, because it's all a slippery slope, it's a fine line. But um, as it pertains to these proceedings, they're like, nah, this motherfucker lied. Because he have been asked, like, straight up, like, did you know anything about it? He said that he didn't know anything about it. He could have just said, I don't recall, and did that Nixon shit, or, you right. know, like, blank. 
He didn't say that. He said, I didn't know. That's not true. And now you're saying that you reimbursed. So if you did reimburse, you didn't declare it. So if why didn't you declare it, like, during camp, as campaign funds? Right. Because no. right. he was trying to hide that shit. Fuck exactly. out of here. And, and Trump did what he always does. When he, whenever he's in hot water, he tries to throw a bone to try and get, get the dogs to run the other way. And nobody was really biting. And, you know, so he tried to talk about Obama and his uh, campaign finance issues, right? But here's the thing, and this is also from CNN. Obama's campaign was fined $375,000 by the FEC, one of the largest fines levied against the presidential campaign for missing reporting deadlines on $1.8 million in contributions. The violation did not rise to the level of a criminal violation, because there was no indication that the misreporting was willful and the fine was assessed as part of, a, uh, of an agreement with the FEC. So uh, one of the analysts from uh, CNN said, there's no comparison. There's no presidential campaign that I'm aware of that hasn't had campaign finance violations. A lot of money flows through them, and they almost always have some violations. So it was a matter of, it wasn't the fact that they were refusing to give up the information, it was the fact that they were just really slow in getting that information to them. Because, like I said, the money flows from all different directions. It just raised a lot, a lot of red flags because that was a very large fine. You know, 375 grand, that's a lot of money for a violation, for a campaign violation. For something where it, that didn't involve anything being willful, you know. So, you know, Trump always tries to bring up uh, Hillary or, he's, you know, what about Hillary? He should be investigating her. She's nothing right now. She's, well, what she is is having a time of her life. <laughs> That's what she is right now. She is enjoying all of this. She having kettle. She's like, woo, that could have been she me. She butter, woo. salt. She having all <laughs> Oh, my God. It's absolutely amazing, all the people who, and then they, he still actually, at one of his rallies, got his people to still chant, lock her up. I'm like, okay, for what? She had, like, all these hearings and all these investigations, and they found nothing. $350 million down the drain behind that. And what were they, even if they did find her guilty, uh, what's the point? You know yeah. Right, she's not in a position of power anymore. Like, she's not going to do shit. Like, the fuck? She's she just Hillary now. And be good anyway. Yeah, basically. I mean, Hillary makes a, she makes a shit ton of money. So let's just, say, let's just say they find her a million dollars. She'll just, she'll just write them a, a check for a million dollars. She got a couple graduations next spring. You good, sis? It's Basically, you <laughs> do a couple things. You still got him on a tight leash. Call up Bill, and Chelsea's really, really smart. She could be like, "Babe, let's, you know, baby girl, let's do a, a mother daughter tour right quick." Bill out here looking all decrepit and shit. Damn, what the fuck is crack? How crack is he on? You know what I mean? Uh, it, it's just the age is just catching up with him. He probably ain't got ahead in like thirty years. Mama's going to come away. I wouldn't get no head. I'd be like, nigga, you want to punch He thought he was going to go down to Harlem and have the hookup. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but the two biggest things, I mean, we, you know, we made a big deal about, uh, you know, about Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort. And those are big deals. But you figure 
the David Pecker and Alan uh, Weisselberg are even bigger deals, in my opinion, for one reason. They both got immunity. Now, if you've ever watched a detective show, you know they don't just say, all right, we'll grant you immunity. Okay, here's we signed the papers, you have immunity, what you got? It doesn't work that way. It, the way it works is you tell me what evidence you have, and I will decide if it's worthy of immunity. So if Weiselberg and David Pecker both got immunity, then that means that what they have is worth it, and it's going to be horrible for Trump. Alan Weiselberg has basically been Trump's accountant since the 70s, and Young Turks brought this up, and it's an important thing to note. Donald Trump is a fucking moron. We're just going to come right out and say it. So do you think that Donald Trump is doing his own books? No. You know how Donald Trump went bankrupt, how he bankrupted three casinos? And I didn't know this until the other day because I know he bankrupted three casinos. That much I knew. I knew he took those loans at 14%. Let me tell you this. My, half of my student loans are at 6.8%, just a shade under 7%. And those loans are killing me. The other loans are fine. Those loans are killing me. And that's 6.8%. So you're going to borrow millions of dollars on, at 14%? Mm. The mafia wouldn't even do that. So what kind of businessman is that? You know how he really bankrupted those casinos, though? He put them all in the same place. So it's kind of like walking up the street. And, and I know some people do see this sometimes. It's rare. But it's like you have a Starbucks on one end of the block, another Starbucks at the other end of the block. They're just gonna they're just gonna eat into each other. So you have three casinos Man, in this. Seeing, I'd be seeing so much BP gases right across the street from each other. I'm like, what? Let yeah. That, you know? yeah. Yeah. Or in Manhattan, was it was a Dwayne Reed drugstores. There's literally one on every block. <laughs> and now the Kroger's is gone, and the Harris Teeter is gonna replace it. We're gonna have a Harris Teeter a quarter of a mile from each other. Wow. Where I used to live in Cary, on the other side of Cary, there was literally four supermarkets literally walking distance from each other. They were all different supermarkets, but, you know, it, it's, it's insane. But here's the thing. If you are in that competition, right, so if there's two other casinos and you put your casino to compete with the other two, that's one thing. But when they're all yours, you're just, you're just splitting everything. And his people were telling him, hey, that's not a good idea. And he did it anyway because he's Trump. So do you think that somebody as dumb as Trump is doing his own books? No, he's not doing his own books, which means um, Weisselberg has the books. And now Weisselberg got immunity because whatever he told the prosecution is worth immunity. And, and why would he need immunity? Probably because he's cooking the books <laughs> and misreporting Donald Trump's wealth. Because here's my thing. Zero for that. What's his name again? Oh, uh, the, uh, the Weisselberg. Oh, shit. It's about to be on and popping in this motherfucker. Weisselberg, in my mind, I just did, like, name association. Uh-huh. When you first said it, I was like, oh, like Weasel. And then that's where I got Weasel from, but it's Weiselberg in its entirety. But yeah. Oh, man. Well, I know Trump is calling a Weaselberg. Because, 
Trump is not the type of person that you want to go down for because Trump has no – he demands loyalty, but he doesn't give loyalty. Absolutely and, not. And put it like this, backtracking a little bit. Blue, I know you produce music sometimes, right? If you had $10 million, right, and some young hip-hop group comes up to you and they want you to do a couple of tracks for them, how much would you charge them if you had $10 billion in the bank? Not $10 million, $10 billion would it be? How much would you charge them? And I'd probably do it like Dre only charged 5000 but get my shit on points. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you don't want a $5,000 flat fee. Yeah, it all depends on the um, on the artist and what I think they're going to do. If I think they're about that bullshit, I'd probably tax them out the ass to fuck them. I'm not going to get no money on the back end. If I think they have potential, I'll charge them low and get my points and just get the money on the back end. Yeah. And, and my thing is this. And this is just me because I'm not a producer. <laughs> I don't know much about the business side of music business. But if I had $10 billion and some young hip-hop group came up and they wanted to they wanted me to do like two or three tracks for them, right, I don't know if I could charge them. Even the flat fee, just because I have it's $10 not, billion. You know, think, some people ain't doing it as a, as a passion or as a hobby. They're doing it as their career, so they would, they would charge them. Right. But probably just not, you know, as much as, say, like a Dr. Dre or somebody like that, just because, you know. The crazy thing is Dr. Dre don't charge a lot. He charges low, and he gets his money on points. Ah, I got you. Okay. So, but for me, it's like I couldn't see me, like, and my point being, if Donald Trump was truly, if he truly was worth $10 billion, like, why is he taking money from the Russians? Why is he making fake colleges, you know? Because he really doesn't have that money, you know. And if they find out he's been cooking the, the books. The thing about money is money isn't always money. It's not cash. It's not liquid. It's like retail stores, um, land, right. stocks and this, stocks and that. So he made it have readily available cash to do certain things, and that's why he has to borrow. But if you're going to borrow, you should pay back. And that's why U.S. banks don't lend the money because he never pays back. Yeah. I think, I don't know, something must be really wrong with Donald Trump because the last people I would take money from would be the Russians. They don't play. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. The, I mean, put it like this. If Trump gets impeached, we'll just find him dead in his car. And they'll be like, yep, Russians did it. You should have, like, realized the same. Pretty much. This fool changed his title to president. I don't think he'll go to impeach Rod. I think he'll walk away. Like Nixon did. He'll, he'll, it all depends. I'm more afraid of Pence than I am of Trump. I disagree. I don't think his ego will allow that shit. His to me, not to walk away, to resign, like, a little bit of dignity. Absolutely not. He's going to let that bitch the wheels fall off. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) you you figure it like this, you know, I, I said that Trump wasn't going to get impeached, right? Because I didn't think that they would have anything that solid against him. And I said, all his people are going to go down around him. At least one of his kids are going to go to jail, but you know, they're not going to have that much on Trump enough to force an impeachment. But now (laughs) that may be different. Now, the only thing standing in the way is, which Republicans are going to ruin their careers 
by voting for impeachment against Trump. That's the thing, because even if the Democrats flip the House and the Senate, you still need two-thirds of each House to vote for an impeachment. So you would need 66 senators, and I, I forgot them, like 230-something uh, members of the House to vote impeachment. And they don't have the numbers like that. So even if, let's just say through some miracle, they get the numbers in the House. They're not, I mean, they get the numbers in the Senate. They're not going to get it in the House. So impeachment is not really, even if they flip the House and Senate, impeachment is still not an option. The only option is to make sure that Donald Trump has enough stuff on him that he can't run again in 2020. That's the only thing you could do at this point. Or uh, if, if they really do have criminal charges against him, yeah, I mean, if he's fighting a criminal case, he can't run again for president. But I didn't think it was that deep because, you know, um, I mean, I did know. I didn't know they'd be able to prove it like that. So with these two guys, between uh, David Pecker and between especially Weiselberg, with them getting immunity, that looks really bad on Trump. I mean, everything's looked bad on, on him, but we're just talking about like, okay. Man, it ain't going down like that. Doomglass is going to get off before they even get to the damn courtroom. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm laughing, but I hope it doesn't come to that. You know. I really hope it doesn't come to that. But, this you know. is America. <laughs> Put it like this. I hope it doesn't come to that, but somehow I wouldn't doubt it. Because Trump does run things like he's a mob boss. You he's already trying to make he, he's already trying to make flipping illegal. Like flipping is a thing. You know, because he watched too many he watched too many mobster movies. Like how dare they flip on me? Like you, you know, somebody posted a, a video from uh from from uh was it Goodfellas? Yeah, Goodfellas. Where Henry Hill when he when he first gets pinched. And then uh, Robert De Niro meets him at the courtroom and puts, slides him slides the money in his pocket. Character? Oh, say again? That's Ray Liotta's character? Yes. Well, the, the the teenage version of it. But yeah, that is Ray Liotta's character. Henry Hill. And De Niro's like, you know, like, uh, what do you say? Like, the two rules, like, you know, keep your mouth shut, don't rat on your friends. <laughs> and of course, in the end... Well, that is crazy. I took that Trump statement all out of context. I thought he was saying flipping like, like you flip a house. Oh, 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 no. They talk about his his friends turning on him. Well, oh, the man, thing is, that. when when you treat people like shit, you know somebody. One analyst was saying the the main mistake that Trump made was when he went to the White House, not taking uh, Michael Cohen with him and giving him a fancy job at the White House, because now Michael Cohen's got nothing to lose. So they were talking about. Now I didn't hear this from Cohen himself, right? But they were talking about, you know, would Trump pardon Michael Cohen? And Michael Cohen's lawyer was on TV like, yeah, Michael Cohen would never take a pardon from Trump. You know. He pissed off Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions is not quitting. Because anybody else would have quit by now. But Jeff Sessions is kind of just like, look, uh, I'm not quitting, and we're going we're gonna to see this through till the end. <laughs> So he done, he done mess with the wrong people. So we'll 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 see how this ends, but it's not going to end well. Not for anyone, you know. Trump was talking about but, the Ala, he's the one from Alabama who didn't ever have like never tried a case and all that stuff. 
No, Jeff Sessions, um, huh. I think he is from Alabama, but I'd have to look into that. I don't want to, I don't want to tell lies, you know, because I know, I know yeah, Sessions, was, <laughs> Sessions was a lawyer, but I don't know what kind of lawyer he was off the top of my head. So I'm not going to, I'll look into that though. But I mean, would I, would I hire a, you figure Jeff Sessions was too racist to be a judge in the 1980s, and now he's attorney general. Yeah, how's that going to work out for people? Not well. But, but before I wrap it up, I, I, I will just say one thing. You know, um, no, I, you know, I spoke briefly about John McCain, you know, and about his, uh, you know, the fact that he is, you know, this is his swan song to be not 100% professional, you know. And looking back and just saying, you know, he, he deserves my respect, you know. This is, this is his last days. You know, let's let the man, you know, go out peacefully. Let's give condolences to his family. But I, I thought about it in my head. Somebody like Mitch McConnell, when, when Mitch McConnell dies, holy Jesus, I will pay a professional chef to teach me how to cook just so I could barbecue on a day that Mitch McConnell dies. I don't care if he, did, I don't care if he dies on Christmas Eve. We're barbecuing. Like, everybody doesn't deserve that same respect. Like, Mitch McConnell is basically a cyst on the nutsack of America. You know? So he's not going to get ew, that same respect from me. You, <laughs> you know, as soon as those words left my lips, Blue, I was like, oh, Blue, I'm so sorry. I keep forgetting about that. But, I mean, everybody doesn't deserve that same respect. So even somebody who you disagree with, if they can still earn your respect, then to me, they've done a good job. Miss McConnell, that's never going to happen. I'll celebrate that day as a holiday every year. And like I said, even if he dies on December 24th, we're going to barbecue every day. I'll be out there in a coat, <laughs> got my earmuffs on, flipping burgers. I don't care. So, but that, that, that's my last little diatribe. Blue, did you have anything on your mind before we wrap up for the day? Nah, nah, slow mark, man. Yeah. So, all right, Blue, take uh, – oh, actually, before I do that, Odie, what are your final thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, go the whole administration, man. Thanks. Uh, shout out to Albert Russell for getting the ball rolling. <laughs> for this one. Uh. Blue, what are your final thoughts? Mm, strong and silent. Oh. So. Uh, so profound. He's still probably talking about it. That's fine. Oh. Um, oh, you there, Blue? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. All right, oh. and that concludes another episode of 360 Degrees, brought to you by the Urban Breakdown. What was going on? I was asking for your final thoughts. <laughs> oh, I didn't have any. I'm just going to close it out. <laughs> oh, okay. My bad. September 1st, we're going to start a new program and a new way of doing things. Yeah, vote. Yeah. So...